Real people, real stories, real insight, and all straight from the horse's mouth. If it's equestrian, it's on another installment of Under the Saddle with Adam Cromarty. Welcome to episode 5 of Under the Saddle. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it is the final one of the year. As always, a big thank you to everyone who's been listening, and to those that are new, don't worry, you can catch up with all the previous instalments, they are available right now. A quick few shout-outs to some of the people who have been getting in touch. Abby from Michigan would like to hear BZ Madden on a future episode. Uh, Becky from Essex asked about Holly Smith. Uh, Holly's been doing a great job for Team GB, we will try and get her on next year. David in Vancouver suggested Ian Miller, he would be fantastic. Jessica's been in touch to say she's got a new horse, can't wait to get out competing next year. Tori's asked, will it just be jumping riders on the podcast? Uh, No, Tori, we've got a couple of dressage riders lined up for early 2020, and also a couple of celebrities who ride and have horses but don't compete to a high level. Really love hearing from you guys, though, so whether you want to suggest a guest for a future episode, get in touch with a question, or just say hello. Uh, Remember, you can follow me on Instagram and message me there. Just search Adam Cromarty. Now, on with our next guest, who's from Ireland, but is now based in Canada, where this podcast was recorded. Daniel Coyle's journey is pretty epic, and he tells us how he went from being down on his luck to getting ready to hopefully represent his country at Tokyo 2020, how he deals with being severely dyslexic, and much more. But we start with where it all began, back in Ireland. Um, it's all started for me. I didn't like ponies I didn't like horses and which is uh, which is bizarre now looking back at it but uh, my brother Jordan it was always in our family but to have him uh, beating you every week or, or winning all these classes I suppose it motivates you then to, to get into it and uh, that's kind of how it started uh, um, it started back to front for me but it worked out well and what was childhood like for you what were you like kind of growing up and your family I was a I was a very good child. I never did anything wrong. I never, I never did anything. <laughs> Find that hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, one time, um, my mother always tells the story that she handed me a, a pony. Jordan had three horses and or three ponies in a in a class, and I needed somebody to hold them. And she asked me to hold it, and I said I don't wanna. And she says you hold it, and so I'm holding the pony. And uh, she turned around two minutes later, and the pony was trotting out onto the main road. I just let it go. So <laughs> that was uh, that was kind of my. Um, so it wasn't for me to begin with. Yeah. And were you playing other sports or anything when you were young? Or? Just whatever. I mean, uh, from school, just whatever we were doing. Not that I went to school for very long, but uh, when I did, um, I was always very competitive. Always tried to be very competitive. Probably was bred. Uh, into me more than anything else, and uh, but in the end, once I, I got the, got addicted to ponies, that was that mm. was it. There was nothing else. And tell us about school. It wasn't much of it for me. <laughs> we were always uh, going somewhere or doing something. Um, I'm severely dyslexic, mm. um, and when when you're in uh, anywhere. In, in life that you don't want to be yeah. or you're not good at, uh, uh, I just mentally couldn't wait to move on to something else or do something else. So um, I was 14, I believe, 14. I started working in Cavan Equestrian Centre. Yeah. 
um, I ended up first day I from it was eight o'clock in the morning to six in the evening and I had seven horses mm-hmm. a week later I had 16 horses on yeah. the board and then and there was no grooms no nothing you had to do it all yourself and uh, when I came through that and still loved the sport I said this is what I have to do like to mm-hmm. now looking back especially um, I don't like looking back because you don't like going that way but yeah, yeah. Um, so that's how I got the bug to go and try and make something of it for myself so from school to that yeah it kind of just uh, school just was pushed aside and did you know when you were at school that you were dyslexic because I'm dyslexic but I didn't realize until I was at university that's when I got diagnosed I suppose whenever everybody else could read and write and do everything and I couldn't it was kind of uh, there's there's something not, not right here um, and no, I, I don't think I never did. I never really did think of it as a problem. I, mm. It never really got in the way of anything. Um, I just got up and got on with it. And does it affect you in your life with horses and as a, an athlete? Definitely not. I mean, mm. now I wish I had have tried harder mm. when I was younger to learn more and um, put myself under that bit more pressure to learn more but mm. to be honest it really doesn't I, I can get by what I can read I can write not well but I can get by so it's not it doesn't get in the way. Do you find it helps you with anything because for me I feel I'm more creative and I sometimes I see things in a different way. That's something I never thought of really I, I suppose it does because uh, you learn how to deal with situations different. Yeah. Um, people that are clever enough to do it the normal way mm. uh, it's easy for them they just they're able to do it but for me to, to not be able to read or write I have to be more creative on how to get around this or how do I make yeah. this happen so yeah I suppose it does what about remembering numbers of strides never been a problem it's never been a problem um, it's again uh, this is as, uh, as an example if if a if a distance is six strides, mm. normal six strides, then it's normal six strides. If it's if it's up, and you want to do five, and you plan to do five. Mentally, somebody who's clever or good with numbers would say one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Whereas I jump the fence and go forward. Okay. And then the five strides. When I look back on the video, I've done five strides. So my plan was to do it, but I don't count it like a normal person. So to answer your question, that's probably. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Absolutely. Mm. So you got past childhood. How did you make the move from Ireland to Canada? What was going on at home when you when you decided to do that? I I I one one owner I had at home died actually. Um, he was seventy four. He was he was dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. We had went to went to loads of shows. Really enjoyed it. And the other owner I had left the sport, and everything was just getting too much getting too much I couldn't I couldn't jump a clear round I couldn't get I just couldn't do anything mm-hmm. and uh, I remember sitting in, in Cavan um, at a horse show and I said to Barry O'Connor actually says to me what's wrong with you he said, I can't I can't do this anymore like I just can't uh, it's just getting too much I says I need to go somewhere I'll go anywhere I don't care I, I need to get away get a fresh start and 
he rang me back two days later and he says I feel like Santa Claus and uh, he got me the job with Connor Swale and then that's what led me to Susan Grange and led me to now so I have been very very lucky mm. coming but looking back again it uh, it was it was real tough like to pay bills to to get the shows to try and jump clear rounds it was just it was just um it was an impossible feat at that point so I said I need to need to move and I was severely lucky that uh, Barry actually got me the job with Connor yeah. but um and that's why that's how it all happened and life's changed so much for you now because you're competing at the top you've got an amazing string of horses uh, I mean this is a dream come true it really is I mean uh, the the horses I have I've had them for years uh, like Feral I had since it, it just turned seven and we've had Ferona all these horses that I've developed a real relationship with um, there's not there's never a time where I think I can't beat somebody in the ring because I know them so well yeah. and uh, uh, that really to build that relationship with Ariel and uh, these horses now to be at the top of sport that's that's what you have to do you have to have went through uh, went through all them years of sitting and, and, and waiting and waiting and sometimes losing because uh, show jumping is very easy to win but uh, to lose and then come through that that's whenever it's that's becomes real was there any pressure when you took over from Connor riding the same horses that he was? Of course, it was. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't know where to start. I, I, um, I suppose just try and do as good a job as I can. But mm. uh, Connor is an amazing rider, mm. and I, who I had worked with closely and seen his way and seen, um, seen how everything was going, and sometimes the classes he was winning I didn't think was possible yeah. so of course it was huge pressure but also that's probably what got me kick-started I had to um, go somewhere and dig a little deeper and try and get it try and get it done and what's happened in your personal life since you moved over here because every time I see you, you seem to have a gorgeous girl with you. <laughs> very, so good, very good very good <laughs> so how's all that changed <laughs> well I have a girlfriend uh, now no okay um, and 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 so you're not freelancing anymore? Not freelancing anymore. I, know. <laughs> I, I've, I left that life behind for now, anyway, for, for now. now. But, uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, whatever. Relationships are so hard in this sport. Yeah. Like, to be in one part of the world one day and one part of the world the next day, it's, it's really, really impossible. Um, but I am happy now, and... Uh, uh, Hopefully it stays like that, mm. but uh, it really is a, a, a challenge in, in, in this sport. Because, well, I suppose there's lots of sports like that. I, I, traveling around and traveling around and traveling around. It's hard to be with somebody all the time, but mm. that's uh, that's uh, the life we choose. So is she involved with the sport? Does she travel with you? She does. She travels with me. Um, she grooms sometimes some of the horses for me, mm. um, just to, just to help, not yeah. for anything else, any other reason. But uh, yeah, I suppose it's going good for now. And are you still grounded? Grounded? Yeah, after all this success and stuff, are you still are you still the same Daniel Coyle that moved over from Ireland? Yeah, I mean, I had to. I have. You have to change to the sport, change mm -hmm. to the people. Um, 
but I, I like to think of myself, of myself as down to earth. A lot of people will tell you that's not true, but uh, <laughs> I think uh, it is. I have no problem. I'll help anybody. I'll do whatever I can to, mm. to help somebody. If I could help myself where I was, I'd do it a hundred times over. And finally, what's the future for you? What's the ambitions? Future for me is the Olympics next year. I, that, that's a big feat. It's something that um, that horse legacy that uh, uh, Ariel bought is good enough. Um, I hope that I am. Yeah. And um, she's a little green right now, but the short time goals that is the Olympics is next year, and I hope to be there. Um, lots of things can change, lots of things can happen, but. I hope that I am ready and the horse is ready and we get the chance to go there. Well, fingers crossed we get to see Daniel on the podium in Tokyo. But that's it for this edition and for 2019. If you're an early listener to this episode, then I hope you have a fantastic Christmas. If you are catching up a later date, then I hope you enjoyed the holidays and probably a public apology to my personal trainer for the amount I will have consumed over the festive period. Remember, hit subscribe right now and get ready for some exciting guests in the new year. Tune in again next time. If it's equestrian, it's on Under the Saddle with Adam Cromarty.